Hello and welcome to episode 95 of the Red Zone Restricted podcast. I'm your host David Comerford and I'm joined by Chris Coughlin and Chloe Bloxham as we discuss Liverpool's 1-0 win over Man City and look ahead to the midweek game against West Ham. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So first off, uh, apologies for the lack of episodes last week. Uh, I was away on holiday, but this is this is quite the game for us to come back to. Liverpool obviously beating Man City 1-0 courtesy of a Mohamed Salah goal to pick up their first Premier League win since the 31st of August and make it 83 Premier League home games unbeaten in front of the Anfield crowd. So, three-word match reviews for one of, well, not even one of, definitely the best game of the season so far. We'll come to you first, Chris. Three-word review and also assuming, once again, that you were at the stadium and assessments of the atmosphere, please, because it seemed incredible through the television. Absolutely. It it kind of leads on to my match review, to be honest with you, which was uh, kindly... Put on a plate for me by uh, by the by the greatest commentator around right now, Mr. Peter Drury, uh, and that is this is Anfield. Um, it's a place where Liverpool never give up. It's a place where we've all had so many happy memories, and you just said there, Dave, the power that it has to really instill such confidence into players when things haven't been going great on nights like this is just incredible um there were times when i was sat there and you were thinking you could cut the atmosphere with a knife it was that tense you, the game was on a literal knife edge because even though i don't think manchester city were particularly good today they have the players that at the click of your fingers can can turn a game can really impact on a game but Fortunately for Liverpool, they have quite a few of them themselves. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to the, the star performers uh, later on in the podcast. But yeah, this is Anfield and it's a very special place. I was there. I was indeed there. And uh, it is right up there in terms of one of my favourite games of recent times. I feel a lot of jealousy um, over the people who were able to be in the stadium today. It seemed like it would have been a pretty special experience. I think when people talk on Twitter about and social media and, and you see all these fans saying, oh, the Anfield atmosphere is overhyped, all that sort of thing, the thing you always have to come back to is, and and yes, I accept that times, early kickoffs, three o'clock kickoffs against kind of mid-table sides, it can be a bit flat inside the stadium, perhaps understandably, but in the big games, that's when it really shows itself and that's when it's most important, obviously, to show itself. And you can see and hear in the uh, Sky Sports studio at the end of the match, you've got Neville and Keane, Man United players, talking themselves about the power that the stadium holds. And it's almost like you look at the big games and you look at what people who've experienced it themselves as players say and managers too, of course. And that's really what gives you the best indication of just how special the stadium can be and it's probably hard to pick out any greater fortress in European football than Anfield. But, Chloe, we'll come on to you. Same question, really. Your assessment of the atmosphere as well as your three-word review, please. Three-word review would be what a win. Um, at, the atmosphere was absolutely electric from minute one. I think we all knew um, that that was going to be the case. The, the special thing about Anfield 
and about Liverpool Football Club is the fans know when we need, when those lads on the pitch need help. Um, and as of recent, we've tried to get behind them as much as we can. We've had some really, you know, dull results recently. Um, but the Reds knew that they needed some support to get through this game and they fed off the crowd. It was unbelievable all game. Um, and the, the Reds' performance matched it. The energy was there, the how intense we were, the desire was there. Um, there's every lad left everything on that pitch tonight. Um, and I'm you know, I've said this in recent weeks, there is no other football team I'd rather support. And that is the tonight. That is what I live for. I live for those moments. Um, there's absolutely nowhere in the world where I'd rather be. No other football club I'd rather support. Um, and nights like tonight emphasise that um, it was an incredible performance by us. It was an incredible atmosphere. Um, and usually when those two things go hand in hand, Liverpool come out with a win. And uh, we did so tonight as well. And following on from that, my review would be I- iconic Klopp win. I just think the cele- the moments of celebration when when Salah scored that goal, having especially missed the previous one on one, you know, the, the satisfaction of that, it's pretty rare that I've kind of felt that. I think it in sort of the whole span of Klopp's tenure outside of obviously of winning finals, as we've done on on a few occasions, and yeah, especially in the circumstances of this season as well, it just felt like it just felt felt pretty monumental to be fair and. What was interesting about the atmosphere, I thought, and Neville made the point in commentary, and I think he was right based on what I heard, was that there was the underdog element to it. It was almost a throwback to playing Man City in kind of 2017, 2018, when we were on our way up and they were at the top already. And yeah, that game, obviously that famous game that season was was Liverpool 4-3, that's only 1-0, but it was kind of similar to that in, in terms of, you know, Neville was saying, you know, cheering every throw in, things like that, just just minor things, but it gave the players the lift that they needed in this game. Certainly, it felt like that. And just to, to talk about the, the pre-match feeling a little bit, you know, we spoke, I think, on our last episode about being concerned for this game. And I remember a quote from Carragher before the match, a little piece of Sky, and he was saying, I think Liverpool can get a result today. And by that, I mean, I think they can get a draw. So that, that was his mentality was, if everything goes well, they can draw the game. Um, and it's interesting because we looked at this fixture in August and said this is a huge moment in the title race. Now it, it probably isn't that in all likelihood. But even within a short space of time, the whole sort of circumstance of the fixture have changed pretty drastically. So, Chris, I just wanted to ask you before we maybe get onto the, the game itself um, in, in more detail. How were you sort of feeling before the match about it? Maybe sort of logically. Um, as opposed to emotionally. And how surprised were you by the way it panned out? They're very good questions, Dave. Um, in our group chat, um, when we were talking about the podcast in terms of who was, you know, availability coming on, um, I said to you, didn't I, about my three word match report? I had it ready and it was, he's a robot because um, just going into the game and even if you look at the start of the Rangers game for example I was greatly concerned about the quantity of chances 
Liverpool were giving up. Not just the quality of chances, the quantity of them as well. And um, I think look, going to the game, um, I think especially after the Canate injury as well, meaning uh, Gomez uh, in centre back, Milner into right back, and Klopp obviously alluded to that in, in his post match as well. Um, I think that. I don't think there were many going there thinking that Liverpool would restrict Manchester City to nothing. Um, and they didn't restrict Manchester City to nothing. There were still chances, but perhaps not of the quality this time that you might have expected Manchester City to carve out. Um, I was rather surprised by how it, um, how it unfolded because, say, for example, De Bruyne did not impact on the game. For me, I thought it was one of the quietest games I've seen from him for a while, thankfully. Um, the likes of Bernardo Silva, I remember him last year at Anfield. And genuinely, that was one of the best, best midfield displays I've ever seen without scoring a goal or providing an assist because the ball was just glued to his foot that entire um, entire afternoon. But again, he was pretty anonymous today as well. And a lot of it for me, Liverpool just went kind of back to basics on a few things. There wasn't a lot of um, trying too hard. There was just hard work in the midfield. And if anything, you have to say the better chances overall came to Liverpool because it should have been, well, Liverpool should have had at least one to their name in the second half before Salah scored. But of course, you could say if, if they scored that, who knows what have, uh, who scored earlier on, who knows what would have happened after that. But it was just incredibly impressive and just calm as well, because there could have easily been a lot of panic today, given the quality of Manchester City, how good we all know they can be. But it was a performance that for me, struck of Liverpool saying, yeah, we know they're good, but we aren't bad either, lads. And there were a lot of impressive, confident displays today for me, which is a very, very, very good sign. And and that really links into something I actually put on Twitter after the game. You know, Liverpool have been pretty terrible defensively this season. So to see them be only the second team to stop Haaland scoring yeah. and... You know, register their fourth clean sheet of the season only, in, obviously midway through October against Man City. It it was a surprise. I think we were all sort of saying before the game, you know, if Liverpool are to get something, it felt like they needed to score probably at least three. Um, yeah. Given what we'd seen from both sides up to this point, so it was a definitely a bit of a shock to see it pan out in the way it did. Um, Chloe, one of the things or the main thing that that they were talking about uh, in the coverage after the game was obviously the, the disallowed goal uh, for Man City. So we'll just address that quickly. Um, what did you think of that? Obviously, Taylor went over to the monitor and decided that Haaland had, uh, had fouled Fabinho, so the, the goal for Foden uh, was cancelled. Yeah, clear foul. Um, I haven't heard what anyone has said, um, but I can tell you that 54,000 fans inside that stadium, excluding maybe the 1,000 fans that City brought, could have told you there was a foul. Um, there was two fouls in the build-up, I think, if, if, if I can remember rightly. Um, you can't just grab a hold of someone's shirt to try and, you know, like it ultimately puts Fabinho off balance and we, we don't win the ball where he's when he's, you know, got his body in front of the man and the ball. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a foul. I don't, I don't know why anyone's going mental about it. The fact that Anthony Taylor has an absolute shocker of a night, to be honest. Uh, once again, we're seeing referees who are just absolutely crap. Um, and he should have got it right the first time round. He didn't, but at least he addressed it um, on, you know, VAR. And they uh, the eventually got to the correct decision. Um, but yeah, um, literally everyone in that ground knew that was a foul. I was going to say the the main thing for me was that it was kicked out of Allison's hands first. Yeah, that that that, that was like, I, it was one of them because of you know the whole leniency nowadays with you know the telling things to go a little bit earlier. I, I it was one of them with Harland and Fabinho. I wasn't sure straight away. My very my ver- my first thought was about um kick, about the ball being kicked out of Allison's hands. But yes, when, when when you look back, it is it's a foul every day of the week on Fabinho, and I, I'm actually quite intrigued to know. What arguments people have to the contrary, really? I think what Pep Guardiola said after the game was he said, you know, this is Anfield. Um, so obviously implying that those are the kind of decisions that, that Liverpool are going to get. What would have cleared up the controversy completely is the ref blowing the whistle in the first place. And given what was an objective foul, obviously the counter argument would be he, he was letting things go during the game, but. For me, the, the fact that he went over to the monitor himself and looked at it and decided it was a foul, even with the threshold he was applying, and, and maybe you know they were in his ear and um, swaying his decision heavily. But the fact that he's had to look at it himself and decided that it was a foul, I don't think there should be maybe too many complaints about it. But we'll move on from that anyway, um, seeing as we, we all agree on it, and talk about the performance from Liverpool. So, Chris, I want to know what you made of the attitude, first of all. Obviously, that's been a bit of a hot topic this season. But also, what about the the tactical approach? Because I've got a stat for you here. 36% possession today, which is the lowest we've had since the Champions League final in Kiev. That is that is interesting. Um, you mentioned it. I mean, if you talk about my pre-match thoughts as well, that was genuinely a pre-match thought. Um, I was going to the game. I mean, I... I, I, I for yourselves, I can't remember the last time that Liverpool went, maybe Real Madrid in 2014. Um, like the last time Liverpool went into a game at Anfield as 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 big underdogs, for example. I mean, you mentioned the four three potentially that as well. Um, just 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 bring it to mind. But you know, going up to the game, I didn't see the pre-match odds, but City were you would imagine the favourites, and then to be having to be so patient off the ball as well. I, I said at half-time, um, ha- half of the job against Man City is what you do off the ball as opposed to what you do on the ball. You have to be so, so switched on because their runners are remarkable. We saw in the Manchester derby that their runners are just so hard to live with. And I thought the attitude was absolutely bob-on to a T um, all over the pitch today. You saw experience from the likes of Milner and Van Dijk, who I thought were sensational. You saw as well from, from something like Harvey Elliott, who I, I love when he starts games like this, because for such a young lad who has the club at the very core of his heart to be playing and thriving in massive games like this, it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic for all of us as fans to see a fan playing so well of course yeah we of course Trent as well he has done that a thousand million times but with Harvey Elliott today just with him being thrown in 
it was fantastic to see. And the forward line as well, a lot of hard work. And they had to work a bit more than usual, but I was very, very pleased with how involved Salah got today because there's no denying he has been on the periphery of games recently. But he was a lot more involved. He was a lot more central, of course, when Nunez comes into the side. Whether that remains the same, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But to a man, the, the attitude was spot on. And they didn't show respect to City in a lot of in a, in a way that a lot of other teams do. And don't get me wrong, you can't go toe-to-toe with them for, for the entire 90 minutes. You would be insane to do that. But in the right moments... They got in the faces of City, and that is the key to being successful against this side. Same question to you, really, Chloe. What did you think of the sort of aggression and tenacity that Liverpool showed? And did you also reckon that we were more pragmatic in our approach than maybe we have been in other games against this Pep team? I think against Pep Guardiola, I think we're winless in the last five in the Premier League against them. Jürgen Klopp at the beginning of his reign of Liverpool, when we were underdogs, um, it looked like we had the beating of them. Now, in the last couple of years, it's very much been the other way round. Um, yet they've not won at Anfield, but we could not. We we've took some heavy beatings uh, from them, some four nils uh, along the way. But tonight, I, I think, I think we. We relished being underdogs. There was no pressure on us. Usually, this is a title-winning game, um, and there's so much more pressure because you know that you pretty much have to win every single game that you're going into. And if you lose against the years, well, that could just mean the title is over. Um, and we look like a team who went under the pressure of winning the title, um, and it looked like we we didn't need to go head to head with them, and and you know, um exchange punches with them it looked like a really mature performance from us we sat we consumed all of the pressure and you know I think City were half crap to be honest they had a lot of the ball but did not a lot with it and I'm absolutely sound would you have a load of percentage of the ball if you don't pick the passes or unlock us then I'm absolutely sound by that um what I will say is the identity from today that's the Liverpool I know of. Virgil van Dijk, that's the Virgil van Dijk I know. Joe Gomez, tonight he was man of the match. He was absolutely incredible. When we won the league, when we won the Champions League in that run, that is when he was at his best. And tonight he was at his best. James Milner, incredible. Robertson, absolutely everywhere once again. There's not a lot of players in that team who you can fault tonight. Um, and we sucked. You know, we... we we kept in a in, in a block. We stayed resilient, um, and we had the best chances throughout the entire game. Um, and there was warning signs there for City because in the first half, we uh, I think there's a shot header which should like he should score or do a little bit more from. There's the Robertson chance. There was Harvey Elliott two v one with Salah. Um, we had loads of chances in that first half where we didn't do the right ball or the final thing wasn't always there, but you could see how we exploited them. And we just continued to do that in the second half and eventually they get hit because they didn't adapt to it because they thought that they could be as high-pressing as they could and that they didn't really have to worry about us. Um, But I think you've saw the Liverpool of, of old. You've saw the Liverpool that doesn't need to be absolutely brilliant all over the park 
but needs to be absolutely solid for 90 minutes. Um, and I thought we were brilliant in every area of the pitch tonight. And like you say, what I love about that game is seeing those players show us how much they care, really. And I haven't doubted that at any point. Like I, I think some others have. Um, a minority, granted. But people have, have questioned the, the levels of desire. I think they kind of went out there in that game and showed how much they are willing to fight uh, to make something of this season. And it was incredibly uplifting. And, and you know, the level of hype a game like that generates, um, you know, obviously something we have to, to build on now. And I think you bang on with the title winning game aspect about how in the past there has been this element of pressure because I felt that myself watching it. You know, if you go back to uh, April, I think it was, when we go to the Etihad and it, it felt like this title decider in itself, you know, I felt sick before that game. We, we were on this podcast saying, you know, our, our stomachs had gone for it. I didn't feel like that today. In the second half, maybe more so because it was, you know, like Chris was saying earlier, on a knife edge. But if the fans are feeling like that, I wonder if it, it's sort of similar for the players too. It's like because they don't have that pressure, they can play with a bit more freedom. And I think they almost relished being in that underdog role, almost like the, the club side of old in a way. Um and I completely agree as well um, with the fact that, you know, while City were dominant in terms of ball possession in the end, obviously shaped by the fact that they were putting a lot of pressure on Liverpool at the end in, in particular, it was a fully deserved win for Liverpool. And I think the, the balance of the chances was very much in their favour. But Chloe's touched on them there, Chris, um, in terms of the star performers. So we'll we'll go for, for Gomez and Milner. Gomez obviously winning uh, Sky's Man of the Match award and Milner, um, an intriguing one too, playing at right back. So what did you make of those two today? I totally and utterly agree on uh, Joe Gomez being player of the match. Um, it's been difficult for him, as we've alluded to a few times. I think uh, you're one of his biggest fans as well, um, David. Uh, and... It's wrong. He's had brilliant spells through his Liverpool career. A lot of injuries as well. Um, you know, down the pecking order somewhat. But Jurgen Klopp rewarding him with a new contract um, in, in the summer just shows you what he thinks of Joe Gomez. The quality that Joe Gomez has to be. You know, it, it feels disrespectful in the way to call him a fourth choice centre back. But when called upon. He can deliver performances like today. I've, I've got some stats in front of me here. 67 touches, one possession 10 times, six clearances, five accurate long balls, four duels won, three tackles, one block, one interception, and not dribbled past whatsoever in the game. And that is an incredible performance. I was saying to my dad after the game, actually, for any centre-back to this season... If you have as good a game as Joe Gomez today against Erling Haaland, then I applaud you because there will be many, many centre-halves who won't be able to live with him. And Joe Gomez did so actually quite comfortably today, to be honest. As for Milner, look, he is he is Mr. Reliable, isn't he? I know against Crystal Palace and against Manchester United, um, he shouldn't have been. A, he shouldn't have been in a situation where he was starting those games in midfield, and he did get overran in them. But that's not his fault. The club should have sorted the midfield situation a lot earlier than they attempted to do so when the injuries started piling up. 
But when you see go when you see James Milne up against Phil Foden, has Klopp said how many people thought, oh no, ahead of the game when you think of that matchup? But he he is Mr. Reliable. I looked at you know, I watched him quite closely against Foden, didn't dive in at any point, didn't risk his position at any point, was constant communication and he is you know, when you look at what he's achieved in the game, he has he goes he goes down as a as a footballing legend for me. When when you look at what he's achieved in the game, how many players will be able to sit there at the end and say they've done all that? He is truly one of a kind and yes. You know, the experience comes with you know, age, maybe a lack of pace, but you can't buy the experience that James Milner has. And again, he was absolutely brilliant today. Really, really was. So Gomez and Milner, fantastic, fantastic performances. And you are right. I am a huge fan of Gomez and I'm really desperate for him to do well. So that's why I think I've rarely been so pleased by a man of the match award um, as I was today when Gomez got that. And especially in the context of what happened against Napoli last month, which obviously felt like you you were wondering what the repercussions were of that performance, to deliver that today against probably the best team in the world right now can hopefully set him back on the right track and, and act as the redemption, because it was almost like a, a throwback to that rock-solid partnership um, a few I've years al- back. I've also never been so happy that my captain blanked. And the only reason why I captained him was because every man and his dog does. So I was petrified yeah. to go off him. But yeah, yeah. never been so happy at a captain blank. You've got to play the numbers on, on that you one, do. I think. Um, and as for Milner, quickly, I think before the game, I was thinking I'd rather see almost Fabinho at centre-back and Gomez right-back or even Costa Simicas trial at right-back than Milner there. And I don't necessarily think that he's... This is a sign that he is an effective right-back going forward. But I think on this day, he, he was excellent. And I do think he's been disrespected quite seriously by large numbers of Liverpool fan base. I've said before that he's played maybe too big a role this season in terms of what was actually envisaged. Yeah. Um, and I think that's led to some, obviously, performances where that's exposed and then people being very disrespectful to someone who, like you say, Chris, is kind of a legend of the English game, really. So hopefully... um. That, that, that can lead to a change a little bit in the discourse. But, Chloe, I'll bring you back in. Obviously, your thoughts um, on those two. Any further thoughts? And um, any more honourable mentions too? Because, like like you said earlier, pretty much across the park today, um, every player was impressive. Yeah, no, I think everyone was, was really, really good. Um, I've, I've just read that Jota has a serious calf injury. Uh, supposedly... Um, they were warned that you like you shouldn't be playing them ninety minutes, um. But apparently the the fitness team convinced Klopp to let him play, and and now he's likely to miss the World Cup, um. So that that's another long term injury for Liverpool to deal with, which is is just another devastating blow for us. As for players who was unreal tonight, I mean, obviously Virgil Van Dijk. There's there's no line about that. I thought you saw the Virgil Van Dijk of usual. Um, the Rachel Van Dyke we know who just literally scares people into shooting from ridiculous angles and ranges because they just don't want to take them on. Um, Harland was absolutely nowhere to be seen tonight. Also, you know, you, you've mentioned Harvey Elliott there. Wasn't, you know, like he didn't have anything brilliant to do, but 
his defensive display was really, really good. Um, he was always working hard to get into those areas, um, and he, he was doing some nice balls through through the middle for for the likes of Jota and that. Um, it, it's really hard to to pick, you know, certain players out of this game. Obviously, Joe Gomez, but it's it's just because to beat a Man City team, everyone has to be unbelievable, and there was hardly any, you know, lapses in concentration even from the Reds. Um. It was a real team performance and we were absolutely boss. I think we'll touch on the, the Jota injury when we talk about um, West Ham because that's going to have um, implications for the formation, I think. Just to wrap this one up in terms of performances from City, I think Alisson, whilst not maybe making any spectacular saves, was very, very solid today um, and obviously gets the assist for Mo Salah, who himself was amazing. In a, in a particular way, whereby he was just physically dominant. And you, you look at him and he, he looks like he can get bullied off the ball, but in truth, he, he's the one who's actually bullying these defenders who, who are much bigger than them. And we know how much effort he puts into his sort of physical conditioning. I think there was a uh, a pundit recently, or maybe Jose Enrique or someone who said he's he's put too much muscle on. Well, he certainly he banked on that today because he, he really held his own. The only way they could actually stop him was by sort of throwing them down, kind of hell in a cell style, um, really. So those would be the two for me. But yeah, I agree across the board. And obviously Jota missed a couple of chances um, prior to his injury, but also, you know, his work rate was exceptional too. So I think he was rightfully credited for that one. Um, let's talk about West Ham then for the final few minutes. Wednesday night, this one, at 7.30 kickoff. We'll do... We'll do Jota's injury now, then, before we get into the team. Obviously, Chris, we've seen Liverpool playing 4-4-2, effectively, with it, albeit with a bit of fluidity in games. Now you've got Jota and Diaz out. As Chloe says, Jota, we don't know if he's going to be back uh, before the World Cup or even whether he'll be able to play in the World Cup because it did look quite serious. If those two players on the left side are out, can Liverpool continue with this formation? Um, I think they can, you know, because let's not forget Darwin Nunez. Yes, you. Yes, the currency of goals comes when you're playing in the centre, but he was so effective on the left for Benfica, wasn't he? And let the less we say about his cameo overall today, I think I I, I saw you um, say on Twitter, David. I, I I think you are correct where he was pretty much trying far too hard when he came on and ultimately you know because that second goal didn't come you're at risk of dropping the two points when there was a three-on-one at one stage and he's just got to play the clever ball and I think Salah would have been in for his second but he has been so impressive and in recent games he you know, he kind of thrives off that left-hand side because it's what he was used to Benfica. If it's a way to get him involved, then absolutely fantastic. He he could easily he could easily slot in on that left-hand side for me, not in the same way that Diaz does, not in the same way that Jota does. But if it's a natural thing for him to do, to drift out wide and get him into the team, then I wouldn't be against that, really. Um of course, you could take the four four two, and you could put him through the middle. That would be another factor as well. But then, does Firmino deserve to be taken out the side? Probably not. Does Do you want to see Salah out wide again? After today, he's just so fantastic through the middle. 
as we saw on many, many occasions with his strength and his driving runs and, and ultimately his finishing. Um, so whilst having Jota and, Nunez, Jota and Diaz out is a blow, if it means Diaz, if it means Nunez can slot into the left-hand side, I don't see a reason why that why that system could be compromised. Nunez, what was an interesting one today, obviously the big moment was when he, there was a three-on-one he had a shot, which I think we all agree was just a totally baffling decision. And I do think it's an attitude thing with him. We've seen him score a couple of goals in the last two games. I think there were really encouraging signs on that front, but it's like you alluded to there, Chris. I think he, he is just sort of trying too hard to to silence these doubts and he needs to realise that will come when he isn't kind of fixated on it and that is what I'm seeing. Um, I know it's, it's speculation but that, that that's what I'm seeing from the outside with him definitely. I think I think that's maybe why he celebrated the way he did um, against Arsenal mm. last week as well. So let's talk about how Liverpool's lineup might look in terms of whether he plays what happens on the left-hand side against West Ham. Chloe, I'll come to you. What changes would you make, do you think, from side that we saw today um to be honest I, I didn't mind the side today obviously it, well the shot is out um i'd put nunez left wing i'd go with Firmino and salad up top and i'd put harvey elliott on the the right way the right wing yeah and ask him to do it again i actually enjoyed carvalho when he came on in that position as well to be honest so um I wouldn't mind seeing that. The two in midfield, you can choose, but I, I'm assuming Henderson's going to start because he plays only 10, 15 minutes. Um, so it'd be Henderson and, and one of the other two. Um, Trent back in contention. It's where you put him. Um, I thought Milner did good at right back. I wouldn't mind seeing him there again, maybe. If, if we can see and figure out where we can play Trent. I mean, in that game there when he was right wing, you just thought to yourself, he needs to do one good ball here and he's getting an assist. Um, but obviously, I mean, he put himself about. Um, I, I don't know what you do with, with Trent Alexander-Arnold, to be honest. I, I, I reckon he's being asked to do like a, a totally different role or he's being told his, his role's being advanced or he might be moving position or something um, because he's been more exposed this season from where he is on a football pitch and is, is you know, forward thinking. Um, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't make that many changes because I'd ask the lads to go again. Um, if Canate's back, I, I don't think Canate's a long-term injury. He wasn't risked because he didn't make full fitness. Um, see how he is. And, and if he comes back, maybe move Joe Gomez back out to, to right back. But I thought he was incredible at centre-half today. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't change much, to be honest. I'd ask the lads to go again. Um, and, and I think we have Nottingham Forest on the weekend and that's maybe where I'd make a couple of changes if needed Yeah, we do have a tight turnaround with this one, obviously for the Champions League games in midweek, I think they've said they're not going to do the early kickoff on a Saturday, but because this one's a Premier League match, that rule doesn't actually apply, so it's going to be a half seven Wednesday and then 12.30 on Saturday, so that's got to be a consideration too I personally would put Trent back in at right back. I think the right mid experiments are definitely an interesting one and something worth revisiting. Uh, to keep the rest of the back four the same. Um, I'd go with Fabinho and Thiago as the midfield two 
obviously with Thiago, you're not going to be able to start him really for, for three games in a single week. So it's, whether you want this one or Forrest, this one probably is the more difficult game. You know, Forrest, you'd have to say it, probably the weakest team in the Premier League at the moment. So they'd be um, potentially the better target to, to rest Thiago. And then I would go for Elliot and Cavallio on either wing. I think, like you say, Chloe, encouragement from Cavallio. I think he could um, potentially fit in here quite nicely. And then Salah and Nunez up front, which is something I'm not sure we've seen so far. Um, or maybe we've only seen some sort of fleeting glimpses. Like like you said, Chris, I liked um, Salah through the middle today a lot. So that would be nice to sort of pursue a bit further. And then Nunez, I think, should uh, come back into the side. Although, in fairness to Firmino, I think he... I thought he was a little bit off in the first half, but before he came off in the second, I thought he was really dropping off nicely um, and supplying Salah and the other attackers. So, Chris, what do you reckon team-wise for, for that one on Wednesday? Yeah, I, I say that about Salah as well, just because just to see him involved in the game. Um, I mentioned earlier, it, it kills me watching him on the periphery of games because we know how good he is. He's one of the Premier League's all-time greats, um, now second in Liverpool's, outright second in Liverpool's all-time Premier League goal-scoring charts, which has to be said as well, a fantastic achievement um, ever since joining the club. Um, Alisson and goal, Alexander-Arnold, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson, I just think... You you keep you keep the same for this game against West Ham because I agree it's the more difficult of the two games against not yeah, well, doing wrong. I did want Nottingham Forest to do well this season, but you, you make when you make that many signings, it's so tough to gel a team. And I just see West Ham as as more threatening on this occasion. Um, in a similar kind of way, you mentioned Thiago. I would rather Thiago start against West Ham and Ajax. Then against Nottingham Forest, because of course we only need the point against Ajax, but you'd rather get that point against Ajax than have to wait for the uh, for the Napoli game in a in a few weeks' time. Um, it's it's I am struggling to kind of make changes on this front just because I I want to see the same I want to see the same system so again with Nunez from the left it just slots in for for Jota Firmino through the middle uh, so originally and then Salah on the right but getting involved in the middle and the reason why I say Firmino it was so perfect when he dropped into those number 10 roles today and it almost became a bit of a diamond at times when he when he dropped into the number 10 role and then it became Salah and Jota up front by coming in from the wings which I really really liked um, and I think West Ham they're used to the midweek games as well now over the last few years. Europa League last year, Europa Conference League this year. Got a few issues in defence. Um, Zuma missed the game today. Uh, ben Johnson, I don't think, is a centre-back, really. I don't think he's got the build for it. Tilo Kera just about made the game as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how they line up, because I think it was a three in the back today with uh, Johnson Cresswell and Kara with, of course, Johnson and Cresswell are, are fullbacks by trade. Um, so I think the team that I've gone for is similar, oh, pretty much similar today, apart from Alexander Arnold and Nunez in, but it, it's the aggression that I want to see again. I think it's a, that's a team more than capable of providing that. Definitely. West Ham are a bit of a funny one this season with um, 
you know, only 11 points on the board. But whilst that is a big drop-off from what they did last season in terms of being up there with the top six, they have gone three games unbeaten. And we'll have to see if Liverpool, who've had a few false dawns already this season, can build on this absolutely massive result, certainly in terms of what it feels at the moment. So that is going to wrap us up. If you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, give it a follow. Give it a five-star review on Spotify or a positive view on any other podcast platform you might use. We will see you in midweek after the West Ham game and before Nottingham Forest. But until then, take care.